0: o'clock, and let's get started. Brad Gilley, on to you.
1: All right. Thank you very much, uh, Francis. Thank you very much, John. We appreciate that. Uh, By the way, Judy with Epart Trade actually put something up in the chat. Says, good to see you, Kirk, Jason, Brad, Travis. So, good to see you too judy but um we're talking with tilton engineering here today and and as, before we get started i just want to read from the tilton catalog just to give folks an idea of exactly what you do and then i'll introduce each one of our panelists and we'll talk about everything that we have but tilton produces a wide range of drive, line and brake components in cockpit controls and starter motors driveline components include clutches flywheels bell housings and hydraulic release bearings Brake components and in-cockpit controls include pedal assemblies, master cylinders, balance bars, proportioning valves, and related accessories. Super starters by Tilton were introduced in 1981 as the first high-torque mini starter for racing applications. And our panelist here, uh, Jason Wall, the CEO of Tilton Engineering. And (laughs) Hello, Jason. Welcome. Uh, Kirk, and help me if I get your name wrong. Is it Scoffle? Yeah, you got it. Good job. Okay, good. Well, I've been, I, I, so far, I'm at 100% with names this week, so that's a all good right. thing. Uh, he is the vice president of Tilton Engineering, and Travis Hogue, the vice president and general manager of Wayne Taylor Racing, our special guest as well. And we're going to spend the next 50 minutes here uh, talking about everything from brakes and clutches and cockpit controls and all of that that Tilton Engineering produces. And if you have a question, just type it into the chat and at any point uh, during this whole presentation, and we'll get those questions answered for you as best as we can. But um, again, we appreciate you. And I'll try and address you individually just because there's a total of four of us here. So that way we're not talking over each other. But by all means, if, uh, you know, a question or a comment is addressed to one individual, and anyone else wants to follow up, please feel free to jump in as well. So Jason, uh, I'll start with you as the CEO of Tilton. Just give us a, a little bit of a background and what Tilton does to help racers.
2: Okay. Well, Tilton's been around since 1972, uh so our uh, 48th year in business. Um we were founded by uh Mac Tilton who was a, you know, a, a racer, Mac raced uh uh Formula 3 back in the day. Um but then Mac was also a very talented machinist, fabricator, etc. uh worked for uh, BRE Dotson uh way back when winning uh Trans Am championships prior to uh uh, to starting tilt and engineering, um, you know, really we our our specialty are brakes and clutches. Uh, we supply, um, you know, a lot of uh, you know your professional level racing series, uh, but have also been uh, focused heavily on on more of the grassroots level of motorsports over the last several years. Um, you know, probably about seventy five percent of the NASCAR teams rely on us for clutches, flywheels, bell housings, et cetera. Um, we supply all of the clutches for the LMP2 cars uh, and most of the clutches you know, in the uh, Daytona prototypes.
1: Wow, that's impressive. Uh, Kirk, uh, let me turn it over to you for a moment, uh, Vice President of Sales and Marketing and Tilton Engineering, a dealer network that literally is on every populated continent servicing racers throughout the entire world. Um, tell us a little bit about your job. And, and again, um, as far as what tilting can do for racers globally.
3: Um, we have, yeah, we have a very large network of distributors. Um, we were fortunate enough, we've been around many years and, and got a good established network. Um, you know, probably about 40% of our business is overseas. We do a lot of business in the UK, Germany, France, um, the States, here in the States. We have a wide range of customers, like Jason was saying, from NASCAR and IMSA down to your grassroots racers and, and SCCA to circle track racing, like late model asphalt stuff, off-road, street performance. So we have a quite diverse product line and customer base. And you know, trying to uh, you have to kind of wear a lot of hats. Um, Got to know a lot of you know, a lot of different markets, a lot of different customers, and uh, and and we just try to do a good job in providing good customer service. you know We don't sell direct for the most part. It's all through dealers and distributors, but we're always here to help the customers as far as if they have, need help with part numbers or technical support, we're always here. We try to maintain a good website and keep good information on our website so the customer could find um, the information they need without contacting us. Um, but if the need arises, we're email or phone call away and, and, and we're glad to help. Yeah, I have to say on the website,
1: by the way, the media section with all the videos and everything that's up there is so incredibly comprehensive that, you know, I mean, I think you could just sit there all day and be entertained, but also informed about the products that you guys have.
3: And part of that is, is, you know, I think people think we're a lot larger company than we are. I mean, we, we do have, you know, good market share in what we do, but, you know, we do uh, uh, do a lot with, you know relatively small personnel. So we try to have as much information on our website and as possible to help, you know, reduce the phone calls and just have the information there for the customers to access.
1: Yeah, it's a great asset and resource. Uh, Travis Hoag. Uh, let's get to you. Wayne Taylor Racing, uh, big things happening in 2021. Uh, switch over to Acura. Uh, you've got a great driver lineup at Ricky Taylor and Philippe Albuquerque, who are going to run all the races for you. You've also got Alexander Rossi, who's going to run a handful of races for you. And, uh, and Elio Castradeves, who I'm a big fan of as well, uh, who's going to run the Rolex. So um, you know, talk about what's going on at Wayne Taylor Racing and also how Tilton Engineering helps you guys out.
0: Thanks for the intro. Yeah, it, uh, it's a busy off-season, if you will. Um, it's a big change for us. Pretty excited. We, you know, as you said, we changed from Cadillac, which was a long-term partnership, now to Acura. Uh, at the same time, we changed drivers. So uh, it's pretty exciting to get uh, Ricky back to us. He's one one guy that's been with us for a while and, and left stables and now back. But uh, I think there's a lot of exciting things coming, and I think the the most exciting thing is partnering up with somebody that is looking at the long term with this new LMDH project that's going to be coming out. So, a, a lot of exciting things going on. We've had a couple new partners come on board with us this uh, this off season, and uh, we still continue to do some other programs in Lamborghini Super Trofeo as well. So, it's we're trying to grow. Um, in these times, it's it's actually I think uh, Jason and Kirk and I were talking earlier that. There really hasn't been much of a downtime in racing so it's a good good off season good problem to have but um i think you know our relationship with tilton started back in grand am days um and really the the engineering resource was was the big thing for us um when you run 24-hour races and and back back then when we were running we weren't allowed to run carbon clutches and you know when you're doing 30 stops during a race and you're doing different different stints on hot tires and cold tires. And the the engineering side of it for us to get the competitive advantage uh, and the reliability is how this relationship started. Um, Everything that we've kind of gone to them for has been uh, answered, addressed and fixed probably better than we had anticipated. Uh, So that relationship is just continually to develop and uh, hopefully we carry that on into LMDH.
1: Uh, which would be a wonderful thing. Well, let's talk about the company and, and what you guys have to offer uh, for racers. And and Jason, um, while you're the CEO, uh, you have a BS in mechanical engineering from the University of Akron. You started working in the engineering department at Tilton in, in 1997. So obviously when it comes to the products that you guys sell and service, you've got a great understanding of that. So Let's just talk about it. The clutch is commonly used in sports car racing today. We can start right there and, you know, maybe some of the differences in the different divisions and all of that.
2: Sure, sure. Well, you know, at the, the high end of, you know, like what Wayne Taylor is running, uh, these days it's all on carbon, uh, which is a carbon-carbon a composite clutch. So the clutch plates, uh, both the floated plates and driven plates are made from a special form of carbon fiber. Uh, that's very lightweight, very strong, uh, very low wearing, smooth engaging. It's it's everything you could ever want in a clutch material, um, and those are relatively small in a uh, five and a half inch or 140 millimeter diameter uh, multi plate clutches. Uh, so typically either three or four plate clutches, um, as you would uh, and you would continue to see that uh, similar size and, and type of clutch as you move down a little bit down the rung um but certainly when you get down into uh you know more of like the SECa club level racing and whatnot you're going to see more of our seven and a quarter inch clutches which is kind of our our bread and butter product that we've been making for a very long time uh, we've got a very diverse uh, uh kind of modular product line there where we can interchange different diaphragm springs different number of plates different uh I think we've got 47 different input shaft splines uh, that we can uh, work or work around. So um, like literally thousands and thousands of combinations that we can make. Um, but those are the, you know, kind of the main, you know, the main things that we see today.
1: Now, when I start to think about what Tilton produces, I always think that in racing, obviously, we're trying to find more speed, and some people equate that with horsepower, some people equate that with handling and all of that, but with everything that Tilton has to offer from the clutches and the brakes and the in-cockpit controls and a lot of different things like that, I almost think of it as if there's a better way, you offer it. If there's a better way to maybe do things more efficiently, if there's a better way to maybe save some weight, if there's a better way to actually make that car go forward or make that car go stop. I mean, is that fair to say that, Jason, that, that that's what Tilton does is a better way?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's what we, uh, yeah that's what we strive for. You know, one of the things uh, Mac Tilton, um, you know, used to, used to teach us was that you, you don't give the customer necessarily what they want, you give them what they need. And, and most of the time that's information and education. Um, and that kind of starts from there. And then, uh, yeah, beyond that, it's a, it's a constant refinement of the product. I mean, you could take something like our uh, seven and a quarter inch metallic clutch that we've been making a version of that clutch since the early eighties. Um, just the clutch housing has been through so many revisions over the years that we ran through the alphabet twice. You know, so, and that's just one component of the clutch. You know, so it's just kind of a constant uh, evolution, constant improvement type of product. There, there's not a lot revolutionary happening these days, uh, it's much more evolutionary. Um, but, you know, if you were to take one of those clutches that we made, say, 15 years ago and bolt it onto a, a modern racing engine, it probably wouldn't live. Um, You know, it is, you know, at times that close to the edge, uh, but we work really, really hard to give our customers that reliability, you know, that uh, to finish first, you first must finish is the old saying. Um, So, you know, that's kind of our, our driving goal is uh, zero failures.
1: Now, Travis, I want to ask you, you know, he, did, he just mentioned Jason did. Um, it's not a revolution, but maybe more of an evolution um, for you guys. You know, you're changing manufacturers, uh, you're involved in different divisions and all of that. So when it comes to those things and being able to work with Tilton and get what you need and not only get what you need that you need specifically from year to year, but what's going to be better from last year to this year. Can you speak about working with Tilton on that?
0: I can, uh, and I can go back to the, the starting days when we were doing this, um, you know, before the carbon came out, we were having issues with, you know, getting through a Daytona race was, was very difficult. Um, and working with them, we, we developed different phases, different thicknesses of pressure plates. We moved weight around in the clutch to make it last. And that's just kind of a piece of, of working with them on what it does to a race team. You, it takes something that you see normally on the shelf, and you refine that and you, you make it work in the application that you need. And that was a prime example of, you know, certain floater plates, they didn't need the weight. Let's put it somewhere where it needs to dis- dissipate the heat. That's the part they gave us. And uh, once we started moving through that process, you know, we never had a failure again. So, working, when I mentioned earlier, working on the engineering side, it's like you mentioned, it's about evolution, but it's also about reliability, is one thing. Performance is another, and you have to have a fine line between the two, and that's what what Tilton seems to to
1: understand. Yeah, everyone's always looking for <laughs> for that magic and and trying to get as much of everything of all of those yeah. things as, as they can. Uh, Kirk, when it comes to uh, you know dealing with customers and the sales and marketing side of it, and uh, you know dealer networks and all of that stuff, you know obviously Wayne Taylor Racing, you know they, they're out there, uh, you know customer of yours in a way, but the racer who's out there, who's looking to evolve what they mm-hmm. do, and either working through um, you guys directly at Tilton or working through the dealer network. Um, can you talk about uh, just the way business happens in that way?
3: Yeah, I mean, um, I personally take a lot of phone calls and emails uh, myself, and I give the same level of service as I would, Travis, to your just average guy. And a lot of times we get a lot of calls from people that bought an old, used NASCAR class that trickled down to them, or Second hand, and we we strive to give the best service we can. We, even though they may not be spending money with us now, um, down the road they remember the service and uh, quality we provide. And you know, when it comes time to buy something new, they'll remember Tilton. And you know, so we we just that's it's, it's always been a number one goal of mine is just to, we provide good service, good product, and overall good value. So it's just a combination of you know price and performance and reliability. I think we strike a really good blend of all that with our products
1: you know jason when it comes to you know you mentioned carbon you mentioned different types of materials and all of those things that are being used i think a lot of times you know some racers have a tendency to latch onto something and say "Ooh, i've got to have this i want a carbon that or i want that but that may not necessarily be the right thing for what they're doing can you talk a little bit more about that maybe what works in one type of car may not work in another type of car and just because it sounds cool doesn't mean it's right for you yeah, absolutely.
2: You know, I mean, one thing that we, you know, really try is to find that clutch that's going to be appropriate for not just the car, but for the customer. Okay. And, and when I say that, you know, um, like a small example, you know, we, we've got some, uh, some customers down at, uh, at the Snowball Derby this weekend, you know, big super late model race and uh some of their competitors were running you know just a little uh, a two-plate clutch where they really should have been running a three-plate clutch and that's something we would have never recommended for one of those cars that yeah you could kind of get away with it but that you're giving up a certain amount of reliability um for for a very 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 small difference in performance so you know we, we don't look at the clutch as being something that's going to win you races. The clutch will lose you races, um, but it won't, you know, it's not something where it's necessarily going to go out there and, and, you know, put you, give you that competitive advantage. Um, so we focus a little bit more on the durability and reliability than maybe some of our competitors do. Um, you know, but it, as a result, you know, you spend more time on the setup of the car or whatever, tuning of the engine, you know, you're going to get that performance back. Um, you know, like, like you said, with, with carbon, you know, carbon is, a, is an amazing material. Um, you know, it has every advantage over a metallic material other than the price, uh, because the manufacturing process for it is just so intense. Um, that it just prices itself out of the market, you know, for, for many customers. Um, as a result, you know, we've put in probably more development into our metallic clutches, you know, over the last 10, 15 years than we have into the carbon clutches, because carbon has a, you know, it, it's amazing, it's great, but it has a very limited marketplace. Um, most racing series sanctioning bodies won't allow it. Uh, So, you know, putting that development into the metallic clutches that we sell, you know, honestly, 30, 40, 50 times more of, you know, results in, uh, you know, that, that performance advantage for a wider number of customers.
1: Well, let, let me ask you about that then, too, because when it comes to the development of the metallic clutches, uh, and you did speak a little bit to the evolution earlier, but the evolution um, of clutches used in sports car racing or in general, you know, what are some things, what are some gains that you see are being made, the evolution, if you will?
2: Um, you know, in terms of metallics, well, it's a little bit, a lot of it is, comes back to what we learned with Travis, you know, and Wayne Taylor racing, you know, going back, well, five, six, seven years ago. Uh-huh that as we've learned to be more efficient about where the steel or where the material, the mass in the clutch is placed, um, it allows us to make a clutch that is both lighter weight and lasts longer um, because we're, we're looking at it from the, the durability standpoint. There, there's also a constant evolution of the friction materials uh, that if you looked at friction materials from when even you know Kirk and I started about the same time going back 23 years ago, um, which seems like yesterday. But if you look at the friction materials we were running back then, you know, they, they couldn't hold a candle to the stuff that, we, that we're do- using today, you know? And that's something where, you know, obviously we don't make the friction materials, but, you know, working with the friction material manufacturers and getting it tested and tested under the right conditions um, you know, that is uh, a really big challenge, especially this, these days because testing is so limited in motorsports um, that, you know, you've got to have an enormous amount of confidence before you can just throw something out to the customer uh, because, you know, a, a missed test day because of a clutch is completely unacceptable. You know, it, in some way, day, ways, it's as bad as missing a race day. Uh, because of the way it would set back and it could set back an entire season for the
1: team. Yeah, that is very true. Kirk, let me ask you um, on the sales and marketing side. I mean, obviously you've been with the company for a long time and have to have a pretty good working knowledge of the products that are out there as well. What are some of the trends we're seeing? What are you guys selling?
3: Um, well, about two years ago, we decided to diversify, you know, the markets we, we serve. We, you know, we've been in you know, our, main business for all you know since 72 has been hardcore racing um you know and hardcore racing is only so big and even though we have a good piece of that pie um we're always looking for you know to, to expand you know get make it bigger so we started to um look at the street performance market so about about two two and a half years ago i want to say we sat down a clean sheet of paper um taking the the knowledge we've gained through our, our racing clutches and applied it on a bigger on a larger clutch size you know larger s- scale clutch i should say um because you can't use a small diameter little five and a half inch or even a seven quarter inch clutch on the street it's just a whole different requirement you need more heat capacity and mass to manage to stop and go driving you need you know some modulation and drivability where' in a lot of a lot of the race racing applications you just use the clutch to get the car on the track and don't really use it besides that so we've come out with what we refer to as our st246 um, twin disc clutch so that's our you know, 246 for 246 millimeters where you know our seven cores 185 millimeter five and a half 140 and we even go down to 114 which is a four and a half inch you know, inch diameter clutch like indy lights and car stuff um so so we we took a lot of the materials we used for like the pressure plate and floater plates um kind of applied it from racing clutches into the st246 um, took a lot of geometry and materials on the, the main clutch cover itself applied that and then but where other racing clutches is OT series which stands for you know is open type and is a lug drive clutch they don't have straps in a streetcar um, high-performance street clutch you, you want to have you want to straps that connect the pressure plate floater plate to the cover because that keeps the clutch quiet where if you're in a racing clutch you disengage it you hear the rattling because that's the floater plate and pressure plate rattling on the legs so this was one of our, our first strap type clutch and uh, with that you know, we targeted the, you know the Chevy LS, Ford Coyote, with the Tremec T56s, TKOs behind them, going into you know Pro Touring type cars, um, venturing out into you know Corvette C5, C6, C7, you know all these mod- modern day muscle cars that are making a ton of power right out of the factory, and people are modifying it. So um, we we bought ourselves a, a Camaro SS, supercharged it, and started putting clutch, you know those testing clutches that we're developing in it, and came out with what we have now, which is the you know the ST246, which you could get with. Know, organic line discs with sprung hubs which the sprung hubs helps keep the gearbox quiet where some of the other competitive um, other products on the market don't have sprung hubs so you get a lot more gearbox noise so that was one of the things we really focused on on developing to make sure we could fit those sprung hubs in there and then we also offer a you know ceramic metallic solid hub for the more demanding guys that gotta you know to go to the drag strip a lot or, or really you know high, really high power so that's where we've been focusing a lot of our attention lately
1: yeah, so the, so the end user on something like that is obviously going to be someone who has a car, but, you know, your customer base, and now are we talking like more speed shops and things like that, people who are souping up these high-performance cars that are coming off showrooms?
3: Correct. Um, that and these um, companies such as Bowler Transmissions, Modern Driveline, where they're they're big, tremic, you know, transmission distributors, where they were a component of what they sell. So they they sell these transmission kits, with so the bell housing, and, and most of them use our or a hydraulic release bearing with that and they're able to offer their customer kind of a, a driveline solution to put those uh, modern engines and transmissions into older cars but then also um, we we deal with some of the speed shops directly uh, but most of our sales are through you know distribution where you know we we don't necessarily get to talk to the customer um, directly um, but, uh, but we're always there to, to do so
1: All right, Uh, Travis, I want to ask you, I mean, you know, I think a lot of us understand exactly what it is that a clutch does, obviously making the car go from a stop, but they all work differently in different applications. So, um, clutch use training, how much of that, if any, is needed when bringing in new drivers, you know, let's just say you're going to bring in someone from NASCAR, bring in someone from somewhere else, how much training do they need?
0: Not as much now as they used to, um, (laughs) Uh, that's one thing the technology's come a long way where I'd say seven eight years ago it was it was a big conversation in uh, in the debrief and the the training of the drivers of you know we actually had sensors on the car that told us how much pressure and making sure their foot was off the clutch and how long they were actually using the clutch to, to leave the pit box and uh, we monitored all that shared all that information with Tilton, obviously um, and as we developed this we probably don't even think about it anymore Um, it's never. It's probably the only time it ever comes up is just reminding the drivers when they leave on hot tires that they don't have to worry about the clutch anymore, uh, where before we were we were very very uh, picky and we had a set procedure that we had to tell them if you're going to last 24 hours you have to leave at this you have to do this and by the time you get to the end of pit box number two you better be off of it, um, so uh, the technology's come a long way.
1: Wow. Um- is there you know either travis or jason is there any of that technology that we can talk about like what what was the evolution in that
2: well i, I would say travis would you say that most of that went away when we made the switch to the carbon clutch?
3: which by yeah, the way is the winning one from the 24-hour race this year <laughs> oh,
1: that's awesome <laughs> there it is
3: we were going to make a display for the pri and sema show but those got canceled so here here it is at my desk it still though. looks like new <laughs> yeah
0: uh I would say, yeah, you know, the carbon clutch definitely took a, took a lot of, of the pressures away. But even, even as the, the older uh, clutches developed, towards the end of life of that, before we went to the DPI and before we went to the actual conversion to carbon, uh, it slowly began that we weren't as concerned. Um, we had one race uh, back in, I'll call it 2007, um, and we were not running a Tilton product at the time. Um, that we push-started the car for 22 hours out of 24. Um, shortly after that is when uh, I started to develop a relationship with, with Tilton, and then uh, we we kind of worked our way around that. And before we switched over to Carbon, we probably – the only thing we talked to the drivers about is really just, just maintaining the same launches every time so that we didn't overheat it. Uh, what we found is one driver could do damage that would – Affect everybody's everybody else. So, um, but yeah, I'd say that the carbon clutch has been no issues. But even the development of the other stuff, you know, I've with mm-hmm. some of the other cars that we've seen, um, I can set two clutches side by side, uh, and people have tried to mimic the same thing that the Tilton clutch is, and I've seen failures that uh, one we've never seen before the Tilton product, and two. That you just wouldn't expect to see in a clutch, and you know, cracking in between pedals and and different things. So it it's uh, a little bit more scientific that goes into it than just piecing a clutch together and putting it on the racetrack. Jason, do you want to add to that at all? No,
2: I, I that that's kind of what I was guessing was that you know, by the end of the metallic clutch development with Wayne Taylor, we had turned it into something that was pretty bulletproof. You know, the switch to carbon which mind you, we'd been making carbon clutches. We were the inventors of the carbon clutch back in 1986. So um, you, the switch to the carbon clutch, you know, you're talking about a material that is just, you know, literally on another planet compared to, you know, steel and metallic materials. You know, carbon was originally developed uh, for the space shuttle. Uh, both for the, the heat-resistant tiles and, and for the brakes. If you've, if you've flown on an airplane in the last, a commercial airliner in the last 20, 30 years, that, that plane stopped with carbon brakes. Um, you know, carbon is a unique material in that it has a, um, a thermal capacitance that increases with temperature. So the hotter the carbon gets, the more its thermal capacitance increases so like if you kept dumping heat into a metallic clutch it's going to keep getting hotter and hotter at a pretty linear rate with a carbon material when you dump heat into it at a constant amount it will actually plateau um, so you know that's the the kind of number one thing um, it's also material that unlike any metallic material It's strength increases with temperature, uh, which is, you know, completely, you know, unusual. Most steels and aluminum especially is going to nosedive, whereas carbon actually gets stronger the hotter it gets uh, to a point, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the the material itself is pretty amazing. Now, now where the balancing act comes in is that you have this amazing carbon material, but then you still have the rest of the clutch that's made from metal. <laughs> so the clutch cover is aluminum, the diaphragm spring is steel. Um, that if you get the carbon stack so hot, you know, that heat will transfer into those metallic components, you know, and, and eventually lead to their failure. Um, but you know, that being said, that you look at what the carbon material can take in terms of, uh, you know, uh, both use and abuse, you know, compared to what a metallic clutch can take. And they're they're just in two totally different ballparks.
1: Wow, that's pretty fascinating. We've got some questions uh, from the chat um, that uh, we'll get out there uh, for you guys as well. Uh, Michael Ocean wants to know, what clutch kits do you recommend for street drifting, street drag applications for Evo 8.9, and the Subaru GC8 2002 to 2005, seeing 2 to 300 horsepower. I, I know that's fairly specific, but can you comment on that?
3: Well, or, we do have um, clutch kits for you know, Mitsubishi you know Evolution you know, Evo 8 through um, 10 applications. Um, they're more oriented towards racing applications and street applications. Um, we you know we really at, currently do not have a, like a true good street you know clutch for those cars we do have people that run our twin plate seven and quarter Sarah metallics on the street and run our car we do make a carbon version you know for the Mitsubishi Evolutions but these are usually guys that are you know doing rally or going to the drag strip a lot um, but for everyday driving it's we really don't have a you know appropriate clutch for that and, and again it's going to what our philosophy is like we could we could sell you something that we make, but it may not be right for what you're doing. So it's where, you know, rather than create ill will and sell you a clutch that you're not going to like on the street use, um, you rather just steer you to maybe a more appropriate offering. Um,
2: Especially when you're talking like two to 300 horsepower as he's saying in this application, our clutches would be incredibly overkill overkill for something like that. And probably something you wouldn't be overly happy with because it's not going to have, you don't need us to be honest um you're better off with like a high performance stock type clutch so that's fair that, that's you know, very fair. We, we run into this lot
3: yeah yeah and that, that that st246 that we came out for the chevy ford markets is just too large it will not fit you know in a lot right. of these import applications it's just too big of a clutch
1: yeah that makes sense all right uh tulio fazio says what are the main characteristics that determine the amount of torque and horsepower a clutch can handle For same size steel versus carbon clutch, which one delivers torque better and why?
2: Right, so, uh, you know, that's a good question. Um, You know, and horsepower and torque are two totally different things. You know, torque is rarely a problem in one of our clutches uh, because, you know, we we typically deal in multi-plate clutches. So by, you know, stacking clutch discs on top of each other you're doubling or tripling the torque capacity of the clutch every time you do that. Um, so, you know that. Uh, you know, like I said, torque capacity, you know, usually isn't a concern. Um, you know, the horsepower is, is a little bit of a bigger deal because that is a little bit more indicative of how much heat you're going to put into the clutch. You know, w- when you're when you're launching the car from a stop. Um, you know really what i would say is the the even bigger thing is the application you know what are you doing with the car you know that's usually the first thing when somebody calls up and asks like hey what clutch should i run i've got a this you know i i you know will almost you know always ask what are you doing with the car because you know if you have 400 horsepower in an oval track application you know, versus 400 horsepower in a road race application versus 400 horsepower in a rally or street application, you're going to get three or four different recommendations from us. So, um, you know, part two of this question asking about, you know, for a same size steel versus carbon clutch, which one delivers, delivers torque better and why? You know, to be honest, they're about the same. Uh, the, the coefficient of friction of the carbon material, at the operating temperatures that you're going to be using at compared to a modern metallic material are going to be very very similar you know so in terms of like one gripping better than the other you're really not going to see much you know appreciable difference these days
3: and and further that you know jason's saying like you know you could get a single plate clutch that may hold the power you need but it goes back to the application you may Want to go to a two or three plate clutch for you know heat capacity reasons because as you add this and floater plates you add mass to the clutch for heat reasons and then you're also add, adding more surface areas so wear weight will be lower so it, it, like jason's mentioning you first question is what are you using it for
2: right and, and for sure if it's a if it's a you know say a, a, a endurance racing car you know for 24-hour road racing you know versus you know the same power level in something, you know, that's used more at the club level, you know, you could end up with two totally different, different clutches as well. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, And that makes sense. Um, Another one, and maybe, maybe Travis, this could be for you. Um, Are the running costs, or uh, I'm sorry, this someone else just asked a question. So it moved up. Uh, Are the running costs for a typical race season, less, For the carbon clutch package is this something now we've got better components that we can run longer and even though they may cost more up front we're going to spread that cost out further
0: yeah um it's it's definitely a a cost savings for the carbon um once you get up and running with with the package and you're able to shim it and as long as you the maintenance stays it's definitely a, a cost savings especially in our application with endurance racing and Um, you know, like I said, heat's a big thing for us with as many stops as we do. So it's been a cost savings for us.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like Kirk, Kirk, if you hold up that clutch, so, all right. So you're talking a four disc, five and a half inch carbon clutch, total wear amongst all of the carbon plates. So you're talking nine carbon plates in that clutch, five floaters (laughs) and, uh, uh, four driven discs was what, like is yeah.
3: of wear total over a twenty-four hour race. <laughs> I don't know if you can see that, but yeah, no, right. probably not. But anyhow, this is, we with every carbon clutch we get a build sheet that shows the carbon plate thicknesses, and so that you could track wear. Um, so after that race, that we measured it and had th- eleven thousand total wear, and then as the carbon clutch wears, as Travis was saying, we shim it. We had different. What we call the pressure plate is a little ring that sits in there and we have them in hour increments so as the carbon stack shrinks you compensate for the wear by changing out that one little piece and brings your clamp load back up to new and you continue on
0: Yeah, so, to put so the- we had taken that back and put it right back in the car and went the rest of the season on our side well, we could
3: have but we wanted to use it for <laughs> we wanted you put it you put it on display here pri this is the w- winning clutch for the 24-hour race and then that didn't happen that's all right we have it here on any so that's <laughs> so
2: it into, into perspective that clutch is good for two hundred of total wear over its life so that one clutch at the rate they're going could run nine or ten you know
1: 24-hour races wow that's very impressive for sure and um be more like 20 sorry I, <laughs> yeah 200 divided by 10 right so closer to 20 yeah, that's okay. Uh, math wasn't my strong suit, that's why I talk. But um, I get it. <laughs> so that's that's impressive though, uh, for sure. Um, this is sort of a follow up. Says, would you still recommend performance upgrade of stock clutch for three hundred horsepower endurance racing, uh, sixteen hour minimum up to twenty four hours?
2: Yeah. So so the other thing that we didn't really hit on with that is that when you go from like, you know, the first guy was talking about street performance and you know, drifting use. When you go into a road racing application, um, so not only are you looking at the, you know, durability of the clutch, you're looking at the performance of the clutch, right? So the, the light weight, you know, how much, how much you're going to save in terms of both weight and rotating inertia on the clutch and flywheel. And a small diameter clutch is also going to let you run a much lighter weight flywheel. So yeah, at 300 horsepower, if, you, if you're talking like an endurance road racing application, um, then you, you would definitely want to look at something better than a stock system, uh, simply from the fact that you're talking a, a significant, you know, savings of driveline parasitic losses, um, you know, and it's also going to help the car on deceleration as well. Uh, because you don't have this big, heavy, you know, clutch and flywheel that you're trying to speed up or slow down. Um, so, yeah, things would definitely change. I would definitely, you know, recommend if it was at the club level, I would look at our seven and a quarter inch clutch. Um, you know, more when you got more, you know, into, uh, into more of the professional levels, you'd be looking at five and a half or smaller. Uh, but for a, a club level car... The seven and a quarter is a lot of bang for the buck. Um, still, pretty good drivability for drivers who aren't really used to driving racing clutches. Uh, great reliability, endurance, you know. But still, compared to stock, it's a tremendous, you know, performance increase.
1: Okay. Um, another question: How does the technical partnership work between the parts manufacturer, between Tilton and a race team, let's say Wayne Taylor Racing? Um, what sort of responsibilities does each side take on uh what does a manufacturer look for when it comes to picking a race team as a technical partner and, and vice versa so if uh jason or kirk or travis whoever wants to take that one on first how about you travis working with uh tilton directly on your end
0: oh i think um from our side anything that we do is uh, more of a partnership basis so it's not good for either one of us if we both don't come out with, with a positive result. On our side, results of finishing races. On Tilton's side, it's you know improving the product and also getting everybody else to understand how good the product is. Um, so I think the working together with with everybody, um, like we mentioned, we we've talked a lot about the metallic clutch. That's the ideal situation that you want working with the manufacturer. Um, because we would, we would do all these tests. We would instrument the car based on what Jason or Kirk would ask us to do. We would then give them the information as well as driver feedback. Uh, and then we would pull the clutches apart. We would do things internally, measure everything up. And then we'd sit down and talk. What do we need to, to make this better? Their ideas would come to us. We would, yeah, that, that sounds like it worked for us. We would schedule testing for things. So it didn't put us into a position that, you know, you don't want to lose a race by doing a test on something. Uh, So it's kind of a, a working relationship where we can use test days that don't affect our racing, you know, championship, but also give them some live experience on what the actual thing's going to do. It's just like anything with engineering. It all looks good on your computer. It all looks good on that piece of paper. But until you actually put it into a scenario where we can test it. Um, so, so that's the biggest thing of, of manufacturers and, and race teams is we can develop the product before it goes into the consumer's hands. Yeah. And then
3: you know, further to, yeah, Go ahead. yeah, you know, further to yeah, Travis, you know, in, in regards to the carbon clutches, like they helped us, you know, we had evolution of carbon materials and they were able to give us feedback on how the engagement characteristics were with the drivers and the wear rates were. And so, you know, we learned a lot, you know, with the, you know, the information they gave back, you know, provided back to us. And then again, like um, them showing how successful they are with our product makes it easier for us to go to some of the, some of the other uh, race teams and, and uh, have a little, you know, you know, it's proven basically. We can give you, we can give you a
0: clutch that you can show that won the 24 hour race. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, we can give you three of them.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Although I get the sense that Travis might want that back at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Send him a new one. <laughs> the,
2: the big thing for me is, uh, you know, is the data, right? And by data, I don't just mean the numbers, but I mean the feedback from the drivers. You know, we, we have people, you know, every year at the trade shows, like, oh, I'd love to be your test, you know, help you test products or this or that. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate that, but you need a certain level of professional team uh, that has the technicians, the engineers, you know, the the you know those good mechanics that will keep tabs on things. Uh, that will, you know, like simply sending somebody a clutch and getting it back a year later with X amount of wear on it does us very little good, you know. Whereas, you know when you give it to, uh, to Travis and his guys, they'll tell you, okay, we had this many miles, this many pit stops, you know, this many blah, blah, blah. And oh, by the way, you know, the driver also kind of abused the clutch, leaving the pit box this one time. So if you see a, a little something extra there, you know, it, 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 it's just that level of feedback, right? Because, you know, like Travis said, it can look great on the computer. You know, and and you can try to do it in, you know, testing facilities and other things. You can build a test stand, you can put it on the dyno, you can do this and that. Um, But but the racing application in the car, you know, those other things all require you to make certain assumptions that may or may not be accurate, whereas the racetrack is where the, the rubber meets the road, quite literally. So you know getting that good accurate feedback is invaluable to us you know in terms of being able to say well okay the clutch had this many starts and stops Uh, it had this many races you know therefore we can extrapolate that out to you know this type of lifespan Um, and we can compare that to the same materials that that same team tested a year ago or six months ago uh, with a different, you know, something different. So we can actually get an A to B test and see, you know, if our changes made a significant difference or not. And that is huge.
1: I am curious, Jason, early in the conversation you talked about, you know, when you start to go with carbon or something like that, that can be cost prohibitive for a lot of racers out there. And, and it might not even make sense for their application. But what you learn in all that R&D with say Wayne Taylor Racing how does that trickle down does it trickle down to a lot of the other product offerings that you have
2: absolutely you know when we're you know like even even what we were talking about with metallic materials um the metallic clutch of, of a few years back you know the things that we learned working with wayne taylor that we're going to try this okay and we're going to put it in the car and they're going to give us that good feedback and we're going to have our a to b comparison it doesn't just stop with their clutch right, that to take that and then not do anything else with it would be borderline criminal. You know, so when you look back through what we've made to tweaks and then even in the NASCAR clutches or in, you know, the club level clutches or when we designed this new, you know, street performance clutch, all of that type of thing, you know, came in. Uh, the alloys that we developed for you know, the clutch plates and the Wayne Taylor clutch are in our new street performance clutch. Like you can't, you know, there's no way of disconnecting that knowledge that once you know it's better, you do, you use the better stuff, right? So, you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, that's absolutely something that we, uh, um, yeah, that we do, so.
0: All right, we got to one. To give more. you a little bit of detail on that, one of the things when we were testing this stuff, uh, how detailed the team gets in our information back to them, is we get went as far as length of time that the clutch was being used, how long the driver had, you know, was engaged or disengaged. But every single paddle on the clutch on the outside edge would have a different level of temperature paint on it. So when the car would come in between sessions, our guys would document which paint actually went off. So we knew how hot the clutch got at that particular time. And then once it actually, that paint went off, we would repaint it that same color and test something else. So we had ranges and they, they went in 50 degree increments all the way around so that, and that was part of our process after every session. Here's what happened during this session. Here's the temperature. And then we could correlate those temperatures with how long the driver was engaging the clutch. So our testing that we do for companies, we, we get very detailed on.
1: Wow, that, that's impressive. Uh, we do have one more quick one from the chat uh, that I just wanted to get out there. It says, are there any health issues arising from carbon like the old days of asbestos brake pads?
2: Right, no, there, there really aren't. Uh, carbon, um, you know, the, the only thing that you would have to watch is like breathing heavy amounts of the, of the dust just simply as an irritant, um, it's carbon. It's it's what our bodies are made out of, you know. It's uh, it doesn't uh, it doesn't have any cancer-causing properties to it, and with the manufacturing process of it, you know, you basically are taking a specialized form of carbon fiber, um, stacking it up with a very special uh, binder agent. It's then getting baked in an inert gas oven at uh, you know several well over a thousand degrees Fahrenheit and it's staying there for a period of weeks um, to the point where the only thing left is carbon uh, within a carbon matrix so uh, there, there's literally nothing but carbon in it so you know other than you know like I said you wouldn't want to sit there and like you know suck on the uh, <laughs> you know breathe it in while you're machining it um, but you know, beyond that, it really doesn't have any, uh, you know, any side effects, you know, in terms of like cancer causing or anything nearly as bad as asbestos. You know, that stuff's all, I mean, we honestly never used any asbestos in any of our products. Um, but even then, our, our metallic products, you know, they, they, you know, we took all the lead and, you know, really harmful stuff out of those, you know, probably 20 20 plus years ago, um, you know, where everything is, you know, that's something that you don't have a choice anymore. You've got to really look at that stuff.
1: Well, Jason, Kirk, I uh, want to thank you, first of all, uh, from Tilton. Um, for. I know we talked a lot about clutches. We talked everything about clutches, but you guys offer so many more products like the in-cockpit controls and the braking systems and all of that. So we do appreciate that. And, and Travis, best of luck to you guys at Wayne Taylor Racing. Um, you've got a great group of drivers there, big fans of, of all of them. So um, hopefully you can have a repeat at the Rolex 24 again, and then Kirk can have another clutch to show off or three. Thank you.
4: Registering on ePARTrade is easy. Fill out your name, email, phone number and create a secure password. Next, select your business type. Choose supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to find new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional racing team. Begin typing your company name. We most likely already have your company in our database, which you can select from the dropdown. Then, enter your job title. Choose Claim Company if you'll be editing your company profile. Other members of your company can choose Join Company if they'd like to use ePAR Trade as well. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Click Register Now, and your registration will be submitted for approval. You'll need to confirm your email once it goes through. To keep our platform industry only, you'll be approved shortly after. If we require additional proof of business, we'll reach out. Welcome to ePartTrade.